the volume. Jenkins and Jones is brought to you by FanDuel. It's never been easier to play fantasy on FanDuel. Whether you love basketball, golf, soccer, or any other fantasy sport, there's a contest for every fan. FanDuel, more ways to win. Welcome to Jenkins and Jones on the Volume Podcast Network. It's Thursday, April 1st. Uh, we're not doing any goofy fucking corporate jokes, but it's April 1st. So remember everything you read online is bullshit today. Uh, we got a lot to talk about today. We're talking about uh, Kevin Durant's DM activity, Russell Westbrook uh, being married to a real one. We're canceling White Boy Summer, but most importantly, we're going to be joined in a few minutes by our very special guest, Shea Serrano, the legend. So definitely stick around for that. As always, Jenkins and Jones is hosted by my good buddies from the internet and real life with Jethro Jenkins, a.k.a. John. What's up, my guy? Dragonfly Jones, a.k.a. Tyler. Hey, guys. How's everybody doing? I think if I really white boy up my intro, I'm going to like like naturally encourage you to speak more naturally. <laughs> we'll, you know we'll have to offset. <laughs> we'll yeah. have to restore balance. <laughs> well, Jethro Jenkins, a.k.a. John. <laughs> and I'll be like, hey, what's up, nigga? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jethro, really, Ryan Seacresty out here? No, we gonna pass on that. Um, all right, well, <laughs> we're gonna start off with a, co- a combination of two of our most popular segments here on the Jenkins and Jones show. The KDDM activity and the return of Cock Talk with Lejethro. I don't, dude, I don't know if I should leave this up. You know what I mean? I don't know if I'm the person, like, because, I, dude, I, I, I was actually like, what? That's a lot of Cock Talk. You know what I mean? Like, I was surprised about the amount of Cock Talk. I don't condone that much. All right, let me let me let me set it up. Kevin Durant <laughs> slid into the DMs of Michael Rappaport and said some stuff that a lot of people would like to say to Michael Rappaport. Uh, fucking troll. That he's a troll. Um, he, he called him a dickhead. Um, he said, "I'm gonna spit in your face when I see your dirty ass." And a lot of cop, cop, <laughs> yeah, cop, man, cop, cop, a lot cop, of cop. <laughs> He called him a pussy, but mostly he said the word cock quite a bit. Absolutely. Um, what did you guys think of what KD said? What did you think of John being a trendsetter with uh, bringing the word cock to the non-porn star black male community? <laughs> We're normalizing cock over here, guys. We're reclaiming the word, okay? <laughs> What'd you think, though, Tom? I, I legit thought they were fake screenshots at first because I was like, KD don't talk like this. You know, all that cock talk and all that. I was like, black men do not talk like this. There was an excessive amount of cock talk in those. <laughs> but then KD owned up to it. You know, basically KD said, you know, this is how we joke all the time. He just caught feelings this one time and he aired it out. So, so KD is an undercover cock talker and we found out. But what we really learned was don't be cool with whole ass niggas. Because that's, that's what happens when you, when you have it. Right. When you with a friend. And y'all, that's how y'all move. And then somebody catch feelings. I get it. You know, I've been flamed. I got some of the funniest friends ever. You know what I mean? They be flaming, flaming my ass all the time. But just got to lean in and accept that shit when it's your turn to get flamed. You feel me? And he caught hella feelings and that. And then he went to public with it. That's how you know, you know, he's he, he weak. That's, that's some bullshit. What's a bigger like bitch move? Going public with it or having your lawyer call though? 
Like, I feel like the lawyer was the lawyer. The lawyer. <laughs> going public, going, let's see, see, he's a thorough ass, bitch ass motherfucker, right? He's, you know, easy, you know what I mean? That, you know, like that's, that is, that is, he, if, if you were questioning whether he's a bitch or not, you learned, you know, he, he took away all questions, you know? I'm going to go public with this and I'm calling my lawyer. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like he, I mean, that's just, that's so weak. We talk about, you know, like, uh, KD and how he's sensitive. This is the, this is what, I don't think what, I think KD's human. I think this right here is, is that's, that's weak, bro. That's weak to do that. Especially to somebody who y'all have already set this tone when y'all communicate. That's, that's fucked up. Yeah, but I mean, I, finding out that fucking KD and Rappaport are undercover friends was a, was a big fucking reveal here too. Like, what the fuck? that about i ain't never seen that shit come like i didn't even know these motherfuckers interacted until then and kd telling us about their, their history they have i'm like what the fuck but yeah that was quite the ride we learned a, <laughs> we, we learned a lot we learned a lot i i do think at this point kevin durant's social media activity is gonna be a weekly segment on the show like is oh, this please. the third fucking week in a row we've talked about this shit do, do I need to like set a bot up to tell us what he's liking on Instagram or whatever? Like- we might need to we might need to set our shit up so we know when he tweets. You know what I mean? Like yeah, set up we, alarm. We get the notification. Get set the alarm up because he going ham. You feel me? But I hope so, man. That, I mean, that was a little <laughs> that was a doozy. But uh, <laughs> but you know, for the most part, it's been pretty fun. <laughs> that man was going crazy. I can't believe he said all that shit. slap him in response because that was you know like that's how disrespectful spitting on you is but anyway man you <laughs> don't call that man a pasty bitch there were four slides full of cock in them all right four slides worth of shit on a tweet dog when he snitched and then, uh, what the, the fact that he uploaded all four slides <laughs> By the second one, was he like, I'm kind of being a, a weak ass dude right now. You know what I mean? He did all four. Oh, man, dog. I'll just say this, bro. I'm glad that our jobs don't require us to troll people. Like, I mean, I, you no. know what I mean? I just, it's like, you just look at rapper for it. He just looks unwell, bro. Like, it just doesn't seem like an enjoyable, like, you got to be able to end your job and still enjoy your life each day. And I, I just don't see how you could do that when you're you're DMing with your friend and he called you a pasty bitch and said he's gonna spit in your face, bro. Like, and then you're arguing on the internet all day too, as well. Like, that's what happens when you are when your job is to argue on the internet. You, I mean, you you look like a pasty bitch and you get called it by your friends. Katie just told the truth. He told that man to stop arguing on the internet. Which, to be clear, <laughs> you've chosen a profession that is what all the worst people in the world are doing for fun, bro. Like, right. you know what I mean? You talk about like pro athletes, you say, oh, you're, you have a job that's what kids do for fun, but it's your job. What if Rappaport's the opposite of that? You have a job that the worst people in the world do to cope with being the worst people in the world. That <laughs> I can monetize it. <laughs> right. Right, right. Anyway, 
Uh, all right, no new information here, um, but Russell Westbrook has been on a fucking tear lately, and he is married to a real one. We all knew that about Nina Westbrook already, but I have to bring up the ferocity, the thoroughness with which she defended Russ against Stephen A. Smith. Russ had a historic game. Tyler, what was the line? He had like a 45, he, 19, he 25 or something. 30, 35, 12, 21 or some shit like that. Yeah. It's, it's 35, 14, and 21. Ain't no fucking ain't nothing to say about that. No one had ever, shit. no right. one had ever done it before in NBA history. Stephen A uh does a segment. Stephen A doesn't care about Westbrook's big night. Uh Nina went on her IG stories. That's Russell Westbrook's wife. She posted a screenshot with a red circle around the headline and then proceeded to just professionally dissect Stephen A. Smith, you know, uh, about Russ's journey. She she had as its own paragraph, respectfully, I'm not a fan, Mm. of course. (laughs) And there is no greater power move than I am going to remove each limb from your body, but I'm going to be really polite in doing so and on top of it uh she also added him seven times in the ig story this is the thing i know their relationship is so great you know what i mean like he married himself in a a, Mm -hmm. like that's if 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 the roles were reversed westbrook would have done the exact same thing you know what i mean like i love that dude and and and, and he was and and do Stephen a what what how are you going to find something wrong with that? Somebody has a record-breaking, fucking incredible night, and then you come up and find a, some way to shit on it. Of course she did it, and she's supposed to. Yeah. I think what, what stuck with me was like the, the opening paragraph she had when she said her and Russ were watching the UCLA game, and Russ took issue with the, with the commentator who kept just not having anything positive to say about the kids he was watching, and Russ was like, you know, imagine the spotlight that these announcers and the opportunities these announcers could provide these kids if they built them up a little while commentating on them, right? And he was like, you know, when I was playing at UCLA, that was a commentator who tore me down all the time. And he was like, thank God I didn't listen to him. And Nina said, that's what jumped out at her too, that thank God I didn't listen to him. Because, you know, these the, this commentary that, that you know, people put on athletes, that shit wears on, on athletes. You know, they'll tell you they tune all that shit out, but that shit wears on motherfuckers. And especially young kids, like, you know, you, 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 if you're tearing down a fucking 19 year old on nationally on nationally televised games or some shit like that could really do damage to a kid's psyche. And I think that, you know, that's the point there that we, we just got to be more appreciative of, of the talent that these athletes have, you know, instead of looking to pick them apart with every damn thing. Well, we've talked about this before, but I think the exact problem is that when we were growing up, if you were to build a sandwich off of what the sports ecosystem looked like, it was 50% games. The, the whole middle of the sandwich mm. was games. And then you got, you know, a slice of, of maybe journalism, just hard reporting, and then a slice on the bottom of commentary. Mm-hmm. The talk radio guys, one columnist at each newspaper. But now there's so much commentary mm. everywhere. Twitter, Instagram, all the TV channels, all the fucking time, that the game almost feels like a – you know, like a little peach pit in the middle or something. Like, it's not balanced. The kids play for 40 minutes, and it generates 30,000 hours of people talking about it. And so it's not in balance, and I don't think – it's understandable that the professional athletes are sort of closing ranks and kind Mm -hmm. of turning their backs on a lot of these people um, that, you know, commentate on the games because it just – it's not in harmony anymore, you know, when, when you talk about that. 
when you get online, you can see that people like arguing more than they like the sport. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like they get online and I'm like, y'all like somebody tweeted recently where there was an argument on if Brian wins with the Nets, he's the GOAT for sure now. Who's still having that fucking conversation, bro? You know what I mean? Like, who's still arguing over that? Like, I make it a point not to argue online anymore. The mute button exists. Why not? You know what I mean? Like, but I was just saying, like, the, the energy around sports, you know, like, is, 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 is more argumentative. It's arguing, arguing, arguing. And there's not as much room for the sport or for the athlete or for appreciating. When we're, when we're shitting on athletes, when, when a guy has a game like that, and also Westbrook is a beloved player. Like, you know, we all love Westbrook. And we, we can't, and you find a way to be argumentative or disrespectful or to not appreciate that? Why? Why are we going at that point? Why, why, what, is the, what is the point of that now? It just, it's tiring. It's tiring. And there's somebody that's, you know, that used to argue online about this shit all the time. Like, it's like, dog, dude, put your phone down. There's a whole bunch of shit going on. I'm telling you, it's much peace. I, t- I, took, I took Twitter and Instagram off of my fucking homepage, and I've been hella happy since. But yes, I get what you're saying. Well, we're, 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 about to, we're about to have, you know, Shay on, and that's, I feel like Shay's, I think that's one of the reasons that a lot of people uh, are drawn to Shay is that when he does, you know, basketball and other things, movie and other things, he's not... There's no Martin Scorsese saying superhero movies suck. He's just talking about the stuff that he likes. He's just appreciating it. And I Mm -hmm. think it's a delicate balance because you don't want um, commentators that just exclusively are doing hand jobs on millionaire professional (laughs) athletes either. I understand. I totally understand (laughs) that, but you do. It it is better. You're more interested listening to someone talk about, you know, who's underrated as opposed to you turn on Jeff Van Gundy and he's complaining about LeBron. At, you know what I mean? Complaining the whole game, nitpicking yeah, LeBron yeah. James. Like, what, right. like who is that entertaining to, you know? Right, right, right. But Tyler, Tyler does a really good job. So I remember reading an article that I think Complex wrote about you, Tyler, and said, you know, you, you find a way of talking shit, but making it fun, and it's not mean. Yeah. And I think that's the issue now. It feels mean. Exactly. I think that's the issue with Shaq. I think that's what people were saying about Shaq. I think... So I don't. I don't think Shaq means it that way, but it feels that way to people. Like you're never saying good things anymore, other than like we're talking about Giannis. You know what I mean? Like other than that, you know, you find a way to shit on people, and it's and it 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 it, 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 it kind of wears on folks, like y'all were saying. Sure. Like like you can definitely slander, and it'd be good natured. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like like I never That's cross fun. lines yeah. where I just say like vile, disrespectful shit. Like like there's. There's humor to be found in fucking, you know, lighthearted Sander. Like, you know, I, I, I mm-hmm. tweeted out how how the Clippers, you know, I added the Clippers and said, you know, check out his 11. And that shit got hella retweets and it's benign, but it's fucking hilarious, right? You don't need to be a dickhead mm-hmm. to get interactions or engagements <laughs> or make people laugh. So yeah, definitely agree on that. And I think that's where people are confused. You're not being funny, you're being a dick. Right. You're not being interesting, you're being a dick. You know what I mean? And there's people that aren't funny or interesting that are, you know, in these positions and saying shit that is like, bro, that's not, I'm, I mean, Stephen A for the most part, you know, like I, 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 I'm a fan. I like him. You know what I mean? I think I he's really about good Steve, at his job. I feel about Stephen A the way I feel about Kevin Hart. Like most of his content's not for me, but I really yeah. respect his journey. That's how I feel. And right. His career, you know what I mean? To get to where he is. He came I don't watch the show, a, but I like him. You know what I'm right. saying? Like, he, yeah. he came and spoke at a high school, uh, at a Long Beach Poly baseball banquet. And told his story, and I was I was there and listened to it, 
And it was incredible, uh, genuinely. I mean, it mm-hmm. changed the way I thought about it as a person because you don't realize that a lot of these guys are similar stories to athletes. Like, I don't come from much money. I worked real hard. I had to get to the top of the pile. It's just gross what they have to do to get to the top of the pile as opposed to dunking from the free throw line. <laughs> we saw Stephen A. Me and Tyler, we went to New Orleans mm-hmm. and saw Stephen A. Uh, Michael Smith. He snuck us yeah, into a into uh, house of blues and uh, shit. Yeah. Into a house of blues, into a party. Cool shit. But anyway, and Bo. Bo was Bo. <laughs> snuck us into, but anyway, yeah. uh, that was, we won't talk about what, what happened throughout the night. But was, we saw Stephen A. Yeah. there, and he was talking to anybody yeah. that you know that wanted to talk to him. He's solid. Super friendly. Super friendly. And, and, I, and yeah. that was the first moment where I realized how tall Stephen A. was. That is like 6'2", six, 6'3". God, I, I, three, yeah, he was up there long as hell in that big ass suit. <laughs> I say he just looks and that suit suit that nigga had on. <laughs> bro, bro, I, re- I remember, I remember, I was like, yo, that's Stephen A. Like yeah. the joint red. No, no, I, remember, I remember, I remember when, when, when we first spotted him, and I told y'all like, yo, that's Stephen A. You like, are you sure? I was like, nigga, I can see his hairline from the back. That's him. <laughs> I mean, you can legit see Stephen A's hairline from behind, like, like, yeah. <laughs> he was all he was all forehead and shoes, bro. That's all he was, forehead and feet, nigga. But anyway, and thankfully, you know, Stephen A is not a Michael Rappaport, and no one heard, no one had to get the lawyers involved at the end right, of that right, conversation. Right, 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 right. But yeah, like you know, he's solid. But yeah, he, I think he, you know, he 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 earned that, you know, internet shellacking that he got. You know what I mean? <laughs> Man, speaking of KD and Stephen A, do y'all remember when Stephen A went off a, a few years back and was like, you don't want to make an enemy out of me? I was like, what in the, what in the taking bullshit? <laughs> what, what in the fucking... What? I was like, is this a fucking uh, commercial for taking or some shit? He's like, I'm going to tell you now, Kevin. You don't want to make an enemy of me. I was like, God damn. Hear me now and hear me well, what? Kevin Durant. <laughs> Over some basketball scoops, bro. <laughs> right. Turn it to a villain. You don't want to make an enemy out of me, Kevin. <laughs> oh, man. The, that was the, funny. The last thing that I would say about the the culture of people making these kind of jokes online is I was just listening to an interview between Conan O'Brien and Seth Myers, and Conan made the point that all kids who want to be funny think that the kid who's standing on his table yelling at the teacher or doing something crazy is like, that's the comedian. And Conan said, the secret is all the comedians are the shy kid. It's always mm-hmm. a shy kid looking at that dude. And it's Observing actually, that everything. dude's not the comedian. Mm-hmm. He's a fucking asshole. Mm-hmm. Right. And the problem is Twitter has returned us to the elementary school classroom where everyone's on the table is screaming at each other, thinking that they're the comedian. Actually, you're the asshole. That's perfect. <laughs> and the person that's the loudest think they, they're the winner. You know what I mean? And it's, yeah, it's, it's, but yeah, that's a hell of a, Good night. You be coming in with some shit. These last few, hey. you've had some fucking gems. You just <laughs> dropping out of nowhere on them. With the seasoning. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? All right. Stick around. Coming up in a minute, we're going to be talking to the one and only Shea Serrano. You know those hot takes you post on social media? Well, now you can win up to $5,000 when you put those takes to the test on FanDuel. It's a new game called Over Under, and it's absolutely free to play on FanDuel. Here's how it works. FanDuel will set lines on things like total points or three-pointers made during every NBA on TNT broadcast. All you have to do is pick over or under for every prop. Your picks could win you a share of $5,000 during every contest. FanDuel is the exclusive home for Over Under, and it's available in all 50 states so you can play from anywhere. 
All you have to do is go to fanduel.com slash over under and sign up now if you haven't done so already. Just create a new FanDuel account. If you don't already have one, it takes less than two minutes to sign up. Then put your takes to the test during every NBA on TNT broadcast at fanduel.com slash over under. They could be worth up to $5,000. Age and local restrictions apply. See fanduel.com for terms and conditions. We now welcome on our special guest for the episode, Twitter legend, Shay Serrano. Shay, thank you so much for coming on Jenkins and Jones. What up, baby? What's up, man? Top, hey, Mike, that was an interesting beginning. That was very professional, bro. We are now get- welcoming. Yeah. <laughs> that was NPR like a motherfucker. Yeah. Right? That was that, that was very Mika. That was very Mikael of you, Mike. We, we have, we have company. Like we have company. Man, Shane, company, Shane, family, man. What up, Shane? Me? Appreciate you having me on, oh, man. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm very, I'm very excited. What's this? Is that what's this poster you have behind you here? Oh, oh that's uh, that's a uh, Superman versus Ali. You feel me? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think Ali would have pulled that one out too. It's blurry. I got you on a on a small screen, but oh, that's okay. cool. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Ali would have whooped Superman's ass. I feel the same, dog. Fuck Y'all are nuts. I get I get the sentimentality. I get the sentimentality. I just like two days ago watched Superman ice blow a fucking thunder axe from Steppenwolf like it was nothing. He's gonna be okay in a fist fight with Muhammad Ali. No, but, but see, I, I I think you can't have them at like you know the same weight class because like Superman is strong as fuck. Like you'd have to figure out the weight for him to drop so that he's actually you know two forty ish. Or whatever, <laughs> right? Like, and I think Superman could probably do that himself. He could probably like speed his metabolism up and drop like you know fucking two hundred pounds as needed to be to be you know like two hundred forty pounds. <laughs> so, and but I think if that happened, you're, you're gonna Muhammad have Superman Ali will beat the fuck out of him. You're gonna have Superman with the garbage bags taped around him, running <laughs> laps at the park, trying to drop weight. <laughs> All right, Shay, uh, you've declined to be here as a as a press junkie. You just hanging out, which is like the best fucking thing ever so we're gonna ask you exclusively bullshit questions um, okay that sounds w- good to me i will ask you one semi-serious question at the beginning which is your career path to me has always kind of looked like the uh like the heath ledger joker in that it seems simultaneously completely improvised and meticulously planned out can you just yeah which one of those <laughs> which one of those is it because on the one hand you've built everything kind of step by step from someone people like on twitter to having your own publishing company but on the other uh-huh. hand it doesn't feel like you know it's step by step by step it feels very natural yeah well first of all the publishing company is a pretend it's like a fake thing it's like a joke you can just say you have a publishing company and people are like all right that's you, you put that's, a logo on a door you're like this you're you're an nba franchise as far as I, I'm yeah concerned. yeah yeah I was, you know i was i was leaning into the bit i thought it would be funny to put a fake logo on a door and now people are like oh wow this guy has his own publishing company meanwhile we, we make zero dollars we have zero products we don't we don't do anything i just thought the logo was cool you know and, and that's probably a good I don't know, metaphor or analogy or whatever for my writing career. I've just been trying to like do some shit I thought was fun or cool with some people that I, that I like. And sometimes it works out and like a cool thing happens and sometimes it doesn't. And you're like, well, that was a a waste of four weeks, but let's try another thing. You know what I'm saying? So there's no like grand plan, like what the Joker does. That's, that's like a, a clever grab by, by you because 
people always mention like how wild the Joker is and like, oh, I'm just a dog chasing a car. I don't know what to do. But that's not the case at all. Like mm-hmm. he has planned all of this shit perfectly. Um, if, if, if I had like his level of planning, I'd probably be a little more successful than I am right now. But mostly it's just been accidents. You're, you're the king of I just made 15K and want to help some people out. You know what I mean? Like, you're the type of person people, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, people say they'll be when they're successful, but aren't. Like, what mm-hmm. has kept you so humble and grounded when you can really just be out here flexing on niggas? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you, know what, you know what it is? I have, uh, I have some, I have three children here at my house who live with me, all my, my three sons. And the youngest one, especially, is just a fucking vicious person. Like, as soon as I walk in a room, he's like, hey, dad, you look fat today. I'm like, awesome. Thanks. Thanks, son. I appreciate that. Like, he just never lets me breathe, you know? So there, there's how you stay humble is you just have somebody in your house making fun of you at all at all times. He's completely unimpressed with anything I have ever done. I'm like, hey, look, check this out. Look, Barack Obama tweeted me. And he's like, I'm, I'm fucking watching the Wildcrats, Dad. I don't care about this. What are you doing? Tell me when, <laughs> tell me when Chris and Martin from the Wildcrats tweet you, and then I'll be impressed. And I'm like, all right, all right. That's, I think that's that's mainly, that's mainly what it is. There's just you know, none of this stuff is stuff I've been trying to do or wanting to do. So when it happens, it's like exciting for a minute, and then I'm still the same person, you know. For sure. For sure. Yeah, man. Um, you know, like Mike said, it, it all definitely feels very natural because, you know, you're a natural dude. Like and, and going back to how how, you know, your family keeps you grounded, like, you know, you talk about your wife all the time. And I'm going to tell you the moment where I was like, yeah, she was down for real. When you told mm-hmm. us that you were a street magician. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. I wasn't a street musician, but I wanted to be one. Oh, There's a difference. You're an aspiring street magician. I was so an aspiring. Okay. I had not gotten on the actual street. I watched a David Blaine special, and I was like, "That looks cool. I want to do that. Let me learn how to like double lift some cards or whatever." And she said, "Yeah, go for it. Do that. Try that." And yeah, she's she's been, she has always been there, which is really which is really cool. No matter what goofy yeah. shit. I'm trying to do it. I think it was like 2010 or something, 2013. I was like, I'm going to be a professional skateboarder. And by this point I'm 32 years old. <laughs> Were you halfway she, serious though? I was a hundred percent serious. She was like, yeah, you should do that. You should definitely do that. I bought a skateboard. I started going to the skate park and it didn't work out, but if it would have, it would have been cause she told me to. That's amazing. I will say it's something about writers that like, it seems like, male writers attract like women who believe them for some reason you know like who believe in them like i have a similar dynamic with my wife she told like we were 18 we started going out and i was like i'm gonna be a poor writer for the rest of my life she was like you're gonna be great you know and i'm like you have no fucking reason to believe that i was gonna do this like i don't know i don't know if it's writing or what but it's like a specific thing we've noticed with with other guests as well that kind of cracks me up uh, Shay, yeah. you're a smart dude, bro. Why, why King Kong? I, I don't understand. Like, wh- like, why is it not jump you? your ass, Mike? Because but, uh, he's smart. You, you answered your cool. question already. <laughs> yeah. Wait. So, so okay. So this is this is the thing. Like, I tweeted that I don't understand why people like, not like, but prefer Godzilla to King Kong. Yeah. And everybody automatically assumed I was talking about like I think Godzilla is gonna beat up King Kong in a fight. Which you know he might. Who knows? He has the ability to make tools. 
remember on, on Kong Skull Island, he like fucking grabbed a stick, ripped all the branches off and was like hitting that thing around with right. it. You know, he used he used the blade on the chain. Like he knows what he's doing. But mainly I'm just saying as like a, to hang out with <laughs> Godzilla has way worse vibes. Like yeah. he never seems like a Take cool a dude vibes. to be around. Yeah. He just is angry all the time. Uh, he like swims up out of the ocean and like blows some nuclear fire and then disappears for a bit. It's like that fucking sucks. That's not cool. That's not fun. Meanwhile, <coughs> Kong is hanging out on an island. He's like having a good time. He's laughing. Remember in Peter Jackson's King Kong, like 2005, Naomi Watts is juggling and he's just having the best time of his life laughing about it. They go ice skating together. King Kong seems great. He does. He does. That's, that's why I don't understand how how people are siding with like the lizard over the primate here. Why? Like, right? Like, like you tell me you'd rather have a pet iguana than like a, a pet fucking capuchin ex- monkey? Come on, That's man. exactly right. I've never seen a person carrying around any type of reptile and been like, that's who I want to be friends yeah. with. Never, never. never. That's, <laughs> the, that's a weird guy. That's a weird guy. Hey, come, bro, come to my house. Let me yeah, show bro. you my reptile tank. What? Bro, you see that <laughs> right. You see that person in public with the snake on their neck? And I think such terrible things about that person. I'm like, terrible. why the fuck are you out here with the fucking Terrible. Yeah. When, when, uh, when I was growing up, we used to go to this flea market on the south side of San Antonio. And there was a monkey there. A guy had a monkey. He had like a, a box around him. And he would, the guy, not the monkey. The guy had a box around him with like a crank on the side. And he would play it. And the monkey, he'd wear a hat. It was like a little capuchin monkey. He'd have a hat on. And he would like dance around while the guy played the music. And if you held a dollar out, he would come over, take the dollar, and then <laughs> tip his little hat to you. And then go back and dance. And maybe that's what it was. But I don't know. I fucking, I love monkeys and apes. Give them to me. They just seem so sweet. You talked about being a magician. You talked about being a skateboarder. How the fuck did you become you? You know what I mean? Like... Like, what was the process? What did you, how'd you settle on being an author? Um, I was thrown, real thrown off by that question for a second. The, <laughs> it's just like a weird, a weird phrase. I, uh, I thought it was in trouble. No. <laughs> no. How the fuck did how you become you? How the fuck did you like, become that's a, that's a thing you say to somebody who has done some really terrible things. That's a Johnism. That's I'm like, that's like the highest. Fuck because like I'm that's, very a, that's the highest compliment John right. can pay. Is, 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 is asking right. that question. Yes. Now that that was again, all of the writing stuff was just like me sort of stumbling around in the dark, and then somebody else opening a door and being like, "Hey, come over here. Come in." Like when I first started, I was freelancing. I was at the Houston Press, um, writing there pretty regularly, like a couple times a week. And while I was doing that, I, I had the, the good fortune of, of like making a semi friends with Bun B from UGK. And just from one day UGK. I was at work, I was, st- I was still teaching. I mean, most people don't know, like the, <laughs> we know, but most people are like, okay. who? <laughs> so anyway, the, uh, so I was like teaching and writing part-time, whatever. And I got out of work one day and I had a, a, a voicemail and it was from Bun. And he was like, Hey, I want to do a book. And I think like me and you should do a book together. Um, if you want to do it, like, let me know, talk to your wife, hit me back tomorrow. Don't call me today. Call me tomorrow. Mm. And so I talked to Laramie about it and she was like, yeah, well, you should do that. So like, that's how I got into the book thing. It was like, this guy wants to do a thing. We started working together. We did the coloring book. Um, and then after we did that, it did, it, it like sold a decent amount of copies, not a ton, but a decent amount. Mm-hmm. And so the publisher wanted to do another one. I said, no, nah, I don't want to be the fucking coloring book guy. I want to do other stuff. <laughs> and so my editor there. My editor there, this woman named Samantha, 
she said, Hey, I have this idea for this rap book. I need somebody to write it. Do you want to do it? What eventually became the rap yearbook. And I was like, yeah, I guess I'll, I'll do that. So that's, I did that. Um, and then that one did really well. That one made the bestseller list. And then once that happened, everything sort of opened up and it was like, Oh, you can like, you can make a living doing this. And that's like a cool, you know, cool thing. I got bills to pay. So again, it was just all by accident, man. Just sort of trying shit. How long did it take you to believe that like you could do, you know what I mean? Like you have the success, like, did you feel like, okay, this is going to disappear at some point, you know, like, I mean, how long did it take you to be like, Oh shit, this, like I can pitch things and people will say yes. It's still a little bit surprising, honestly. It's really weird to like get on a call and, and be like, Oh, Hey, I'm Shay. I want to do. And they're like, yeah, we know who you are. We love your stuff. Like, let's do a thing together. Like that's still a really, a really weird thing mm -hmm. because for like the first seven years of my career or whatever, eight years, nobody was returning emails or wanted to like do stuff with me. Um, so it's still, it's still weird, but I do feel at this point after having been in enough of these rooms, um, I don't feel like that imposter syndrome thing. Anybody, everybody talks about anymore because what ended up happening is I got like, into the into the rooms that they let the authors in or into the rooms that they let like the people who do TV or movie stuff. And then you you get in there and you realize like, oh, these are just like I thought I was an I thought I was an idiot and everybody else is smart. And it turns out everybody's an idiot. And like three people are smart. <laughs> just three people and everybody else is like, we don't know what we're doing. So then oh okay, cool. I'll just I'm just gonna keep on trying. You and Arturo are kind of like Metro booming and 21 Savage. You know what I mean? Like Look and feel is important, and y'all, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> and y'all, y'all have figured it out. How did you find our tour? How did y'all find each other? Hey, look, look, look. This 21 sat right there. My oh, head. Look. <laughs> that was the universe. The universe asked me to ask that question. John's trying me? to get a quote on the back of the book. <laughs> that's a, that's a, a so they. <laughs> The Chop Stars, these guys out of Houston who like oh, for sure. make Chop Nuts. Mm -hmm. Okay, Chop yeah, they sure. made a, a they they did the Twenty One Savage tape, and I got it on vinyl and CD. It's fucking great. It's awesome. Um, the way that I met Arturo was again by accident. I was working on the rap book. Uh, I was originally when I when we did the deal, I was supposed to illustrate the whole thing because I had oh. done the coloring book. Okay, yeah. And they give you like a year to work on the book. That's how long they told me I had. Um, I felt like I could do it in three weeks cause I had never done a book and I'm like, whatever I did the first the two sample chapters. I did those in three days. Yeah. I can write a bunch whatever. So I waited like eight or nine months to get started. And then when I did, I realized I was not going to be able to do everything. So I started trying to find an, an illustrator and I just so happened to come across a flyer. That's this group out of Texas. They're called the, the outfit Texas. They're from Dallas and they had a flyer that they had put out for some show they were doing. And it had some illustrations on it. And I was like, oh, this is fucking cool. Uh, this is the exact style I'm looking for. I hit them up because I'd interviewed them for, for MTV at some point. And then they connected me to their manager. And then she connected me to, to Arturo. And it turned out he was like, at the time, just a baby. Like he was 20 years old or 22 or something like that. And I'm like, hey, I don't, ha I, I don't have a lot of money, but like, let's do this book together. It's cool that you're, a, like, I didn't know what his name was. So I got him on the phone. I heard him talking. I'm like, oh, this is a fucking, this is a Texas Mexican. I can hear it in his voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I asked him and, he, and then he told me, yeah, I'm in, I'm in Dallas. And I'm like, this is perfect. Let's, let's go make some, some cool shit. And, you know, thankfully he said, yeah. And then now we've done, you know, a few, a few things together. For sure. For sure. And, and you know, like John said, y'all definitely have that aesthetic where 
I think of your work and I think of his work. You know what I mean? Like that shit is conjoined. Yeah. So, um, yeah. you know, you, you, you've got hip hop and other things coming up soon. Um, yes. yes. You know, congrats on that. I'm such a fan of your fucking books. And I can't wait to read that. So I know Already this isn't the press run, but if you can just give us a broad <laughs> overview of what we can expect of this. Here's what, here's what hip hop and other things is. It is, it says it on the cover. It's a collection of questions mm-hmm. asked, answered, and illustrated just about, about rap. And some of those questions are serious conversations, like versions of conversations that you've probably mm-hmm. had uh, with your friends at one point or another. Some of them are like kind of silly, yeah. uh, but it's in the same tone as like basketball and other things was movies and other things. When we came up with this, we wanted to do it as a trilogy. We wanted this to be like the big final piece. Writing about rap is one of my very favorite yeah. things. Um, rap and basketball are my two favorites. Music movies are like in the middle, so we did that mm-hmm. one second. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's that's what it is. It's it's a it's it's a real different than what the rap yearbook was, just because I'm at a different yeah. point in my career. When I did the rap yearbook, I was like, I thought the point of writing was to be like correct and ha- and like this mm-hmm. is the actual mm-hmm. answer. Mm-hmm. And then you realize that the further you get into it, you're like, this is just fucking. All this is is people saying what they like or don't right. like, and there's no right way it doesn't mm-hmm. it doesn't work like that so that's what this this one is it's just like celebrating all the shit that i like for sure yeah that's, and, and the rap yearbook i love that shit too though like you know you did not get anything wrong on that like you know don't diminish that that shit is amazing <laughs> that was a, that was a fun book to do if i if i like did it again today it would be all different songs every single oh, song would you be. think so different i yeah 100%. every single i feel like there's I've some never... songs that are just undeniable for some years like 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 what though like what like grind one. in 2002 that shit on 2002 you know what i mean all right uh, he's from virginia yeah, yeah. He's from virginia. but grinding yeah, was, oh, was grinding with some shit where like you legit never heard anything like that like you oh, remember sure. where yeah. you were the first time you heard grind you know but you're still from virginia yes. <laughs> yeah <laughs> but, see, but see right there you could do like whatever we could do we could do uh get low came out that same year by little John and the East Side Boy. And that's like a whole other movement or a whole other thing, mm-hmm. you know? You mm-hmm. could do fucking Nelly. You could do, you could do, I don't know, you could do Without Me by Eminem if you want. I wouldn't, but <laughs> there are there are other there are other points. But that's yeah, but yeah. that's the thing. Like if you decide you like a thing, you can just pick it and argue it in whatever fashion you want. And that's really all all anybody is looking for in this stuff. Uh, I think that's part of the reason that these things have been successful because it's very rarely are you going to write a book and, and somebody's going to pick it up and, and be like, I agree with every single thing that was in here. That, but that's not like what most people are looking for when they read a book. If I were to write a chapter, this is not in the rap book, the hip hop and other things, but if I were to do like the best rappers of all time, people don't care like what the actual list is beyond what the list is. What they want to do is they just want to see how you got mm-hmm. to that point. So if I'm like, all right, between the between the, all of us on this podcast right now, we're going to figure out who the greatest rapper of all time is, and we're going to have some rules in place. Rule number one, you have to have put out two albums while you were alive. I need two albums. That's a rule. Automatically, we're getting rid of Biggie. Yep. And it's like, that sucks. Mm-hmm. Biggie probably is like a great answer for this. But if that's a rule and everybody understands it, okay, I see why we didn't get to pick mm-hmm. Biggie. And like the, the next one, the rapper has to have at some point um, been like, I don't know, sold X amount of copies and then you can automatically get rid of those. You know, they just want to see how you got to where you got. And then we can argue about it after that. But, you know, that's just whatever. You were you were like 10 toes with the with the Trump shit. Like you like everybody online loves you. 
and you decided, you know, like to to go head to head with some of the worst human beings on the planet. In my <laughs> some opinion. of the dumbest people. Dumbest. To I mean, out I mean, how yeah, to dumb, yeah. mean, yeah. all of the shit. You feel me? <laughs> you could have easily just sat there and been like, you know, everybody loves me. Like you are giving money back that people that spend on your books. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I like what, like what, like what made you decide that? I mean, I can kind of guess that, but like also, like how did you manage that hate? You know, like because they are relentless. They're, yeah, they are relentless, and it is like, it's not that much fun to read these terrible For things sure. that people will, will send you on the internet. But it's way different reading something like that when you know it's coming from a bad person, it's very easy to disregard, right? Like if, if I see a criticism of something I've written on the internet or something I've said, and it's from somebody who I know or respect, or even if I don't know or respect them, but the thing that they've said came from a, a place that was undeniable. Like when I did basketball and other things, it's a perfect example. A, a, a bunch of people said they didn't like whatever part about it. I just got a DM uh, like the other day or an, or an email from some guy who was mad that I put Sean Kemp and, and uh, Gary Payton as the, the greatest like NBA duo mm-hmm. ever. Right. And so he was like mad about that. Oh, I can't believe you did that. And it was like, whatever. Cool. Keep it moving. But uh, another criticism that I got early on when the book came out was from this woman named, named Natalie Weiner. And she was like, hey, you called this book basketball and other things. And the implication here because you only have men in the book is that only men play basketball. Mm-hmm. And when I read that, I was like, Oh, like that. Okay. I understand mm-hmm. that. Like that's, it's different reading something like that because she was hundred percent correct. And I'm like, okay, cool. What changes do I need to make here? Like reading something like that is, is a little more difficult. Um, then like if somebody's just like, Oh, I hope your family gets deported back to Mexico or whatever, because one is coming from a person who is a, who is like a, a genuine mm-hmm. interest in advancing a conversation and the other one is coming from like a fucking idiot who just wants to say some mean mm-hmm. things on the internet. So it's like pretty, you know, it's not that hard to separate those two. It doesn't, it's not fun, but it's easier to, you know. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very I, I, easy to distinguish, you know, who's seeking understanding and who's seeking a fight on the internet. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah you can, you can always sure. tell. It's like, what are, what are we doing here? What are we doing? I, and if the conversation is like, do, do say something or don't say something, it, to me, I, you always have to say something, anything, you know. I did want to ask you about the the compromise of that, though, because I think one of the reasons a lot of people have connected, one of the reasons I've connected with you is you're a dude who comes from, you know, humble backgrounds. You weren't like you didn't graduate from the University of Iowa fucking MFA program or something into mm-hmm. writing bestsellers. Um, and I feel like that puts a little bit of a different pressure on your career. Right. You talked about that. Like you started writing because Laramie was pregnant. You're trying to make sure you guys had enough money. Um, so did you feel extra pressure, maybe not just around the Trump thing, because that's a pretty easy line in the sand to draw, but around any kind of compromises in your career, like it, it means more to go back to, you know, being a, being a, a middle school teacher or whatever. Then if it's just like, oh, I'm going to be on ABC instead of NBC because my you know, dad was on the network before or whatever. Like, like how did you kind of balance that as you were moving through your career up to this point? I didn't I didn't think too much of it because like we had I had already been poor. I grew up that way. We lived that way for a long time. I didn't not get poor until like 2015 or something like that, 2016, somewhere around there is when we started making actual money. So to go back to it, like, okay, I'm just back to where I 
where I was before. It's not, it's not that hard. You know, <laughs> if you've, you've already been through the thing. All right, cool. I'll be whatever. I've done this before and we were fine. That being said, I don't ever want to be poor again. <laughs> it's fucking, it's terrible compared, compared to having money. Yeah, right. Oh man, it's way, it's way better. It's <laughs> way, this is way better. You just gave a perfect yeah. answer to that question. I don't want to fuck it up, but I'm going to ask you on a personal level. Like it did having kids. I mean, do your kids change that? I mean, I, I was never worried about being poor. I told my wife, like, that's almost a plan. You know, I want to have a job oh. that, I, that <laughs> I like, but it's probably not going to bring a lot of money. But when we had our son, all of a sudden now I'm like, okay, but I don't want him to go through some of the things that I went through. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You think about it differently as a father versus just a, a husband or a writer or whatever. Yeah, that definitely changes everything because you realize all like that's when you start taking stock of all of the things that could have been different in your life. If you had like grown up in a different house, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Or if I lived in a different neighborhood, if my, if I wasn't like in a spot where everybody was on, uh, food stamps or whatever. Like, oh, well, I wonder what it's like to live in a house without burglar bars, like that type of shit. Yeah. You know, uh, when, w once you have kids and you realize, you realize number one, that the world is not a fair place. It doesn't matter like how much we all fight for it. It's not going to be that while any of us are alive. Uh, everybody's just trying to get like whatever advantage they can. And it's my job as a dad, because, you know, I owe a responsibility to the, to the boys, to, to my wife as like, the father and the, the husband in the house to tilt as much stuff as I can in their favor. Mm -hmm. And so that's that, you know, that when they show up, that pressure definitely comes, comes into place. But again, we had already been through the bad part. So it was like, not that big of a thing. That's a bar tilting as much as you can in their favor. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. that, that's a different way of thinking like that, that, that blew my mind right there. But your, your, your goals for a lot of people, like you're the blueprint for a lot of people, right? Like if you were a car, people be like, I want that car when you pass by. Kids would say that shit, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Okay. <laughs> so like, what advice would you give like to, to people that are looking at you and like looking at you as goals? Like what are some things that, you know, helps you out along the way? You know, I, th I think first of all, I would say to somebody that that's always a dangerous spot to put yourself in or a tricky spot to look at what somebody is doing on the internet and being like, Oh, that's what I want. Because everybody is only showing the stuff on the internet that they want to show, you know, bad shit happens all the time. Personal shit happens all the time. I'm not talking about the bad stuff that happens. Like, you know, if somebody gets sick yeah. or like you're dealing with, with, with whatever, like traumas you might be dealing with uh, in whatever way you're dealing with them, like, it's really it's 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 really hard to to look across the internet and everybody's just sort of celebrating all the stuff that's happening for them and to not feel a little bit shitty about it. Like I've had those same feelings when I see if I'm on Twitter and like four or five things in a row come up, some cool shit was happening for people and I'm like, oh man, that's 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 awesome. And then I'm like, oh wait, but that means wait, what did I do? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, it, 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 it's a weird spot to be in. So usually I just tell people, you know. Try to be be aware of that because this is all just like a highlight reel mm -hmm. of the shit that that we're that we're celebrating. Um, but beyond that, like, just I guess just trying to chase down the stuff that you like or the stuff that you do. Like, if you really go after it, that's the only part of the process that you can control. That you can't control if like you get it or not. But if you tried, that's that. Then you feel you usually feel good about it. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, man, I feel like, I feel like right. I'm in, in church right now. <laughs> like, I'm right. just letting a lot of that shit just sit with me, bro. Yeah, that was some real shit, man. <laughs> that bar about tilting, like, tilting things in the in the way, in the favor of your family, like, that's your job. That shit fucked me up, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that's like a, that's, that's a real thing. Like, and everybody has versions of that. What, what My mom, when I was growing up, and all through, like, her whole life, she because she had me show, so young she was a teenager she had to drop out of school so she just started working whatever job she could mm-hmm. but she started working at a corner store and she worked there for 30 plus years like at a stop and go type thing and that was her job you know do you know, making seven dollars an hour or whatever it was mm-hmm. uh, for however long it was but when i turned 16 she was like hey do you want to work at this corner store that i work at because i you can like stock the cooler and like i had a, a job automatically because she was she was there. And so I was like, oh, cool. I don't have to worry about like that part of it. I'm going to go take this job or whatever. But then you like do that. And then you realize when you get older, like the rich people are doing that, but in a much bigger or more substantial sort it's of way. A it's a CBS like, hey, broadcasting you... job, not the corner store. Right, exactly. right, right. Not like, do you want to step into this 725 an hour? Right. But do you want to step into like, do you want to graduate college and have a hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollar a year job automatically? Mm-hmm. Like that would be awesome. I can't wait for my kids to graduate and and I just like and there's just nepotism <laughs> all yes. over everything. I'm like, yeah, yes. come on, come on, son. Come on. Right. Come on. Get in here. Get in here. Right, right, right. Be in my publishing company. Right. Work work here. You don't even have to do anything. I'm just gonna pay you. You know, that's like my that's like my dream right, right, right there. Right, right, right. So we have these questions that we ask everybody. We've been arguing over these things for the eternity, not eternity, just since Jiggins and Jones started. All there's right? a lot of pressure. A lot of pressure right now. A lot of okay. Pressure. Ta- Mike, yeah, Mike. There's one particular question that Mike is really attached to. Um, but anyway, hey, right. um, what is more important in a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? Peanut butter. Peanut butter. There we go. <laughs> peanut butter. Oh the peanut my butter. god. It's not even close. Oh my do god. It. I mean, we got a real one after it. real <laughs> one coming in. Say, Being a real say, one. You know. What say I mean? to take it. Jelly, jelly, jelly fam on the ropes. Say jelly fam on the ropes right now. To take a page out of your book, Shay, I want to know how you arrived there. Please explain. <laughs> Here's how that's that's great because I, I I do have a like there's a path that we get there. The way that we arrive there is because number one, jelly uh, peanut butter is just a better like compliment to anything really. Like it's not like it's not nobody's like oh you know what's really good together chocolate and jelly. There's jelly is never the answer for that for that question. Peanut butter is like the good stuff. And the thing. So I'm a big fan of peanut butter. Also, you can't eat a jelly sandwich no. like just by itself. You'll fucking go into diabetic shock if you eat just jelly. You can always just eat peanut butter. Peanut butter is a more important part. Peanut butter is like the substantial part of the of the meal. So meter. all I will add is that both Tyler and I also like peanut butter more than jelly. I just no, feel all, you also cannot eat a peanut butter sandwich or you will choke to death. And so I feel like the jelly, like you need less of the jelly. And I feel like that means its value is greater. Uh, I disagree. That's like, that's like if, we, if, if we're like the Lakers and whatever, a guy plays seven minutes. So we only needed him for seven minutes. He's more valuable than LeBron. Absolutely not. No, the, 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 the peanut butter is doing most of the work here. I feel like not viewing jelly on a biscuit as a jelly sandwich is a disqualifier here and I'm not standing for it anymore because you have to tell me how that is not a jelly sandwich and that is a delicious jelly sandwich. It's a biscuit with jelly. Okay. Yeah. Oh, je- Again, the biscuit is doing Okay, well, put some peanut butter on a biscuit point. then and eat that. 
No, that's crazy. okay. And, and jelly on a, on, a, on, a, on a banana, like you can't. That doesn't work that way, bro. Like it doesn't. But jelly. We are no, no. This is no, a biscuit is sandwich adjacent. Tyler's had a no. Tyler's had a no. A biscuit is adjacent. He's about to fucking lose a it. Biscuit, oh, a biscuit is sandwich adjacent, and we are keeping this in the realm of sandwiches. We are not talking about fucking putting peanut butter on bananas. We're talking about it as a spread on a bread item. No. No. Is it, th- those are those are different things. Bro. It's a whole different bread. It's still a bread. Different type of bread. Nobody calls. It's not. It's, not. it's a biscuit. When, hey, bring me that bread, and someone gives you a biscuit. <laughs> You're gonna be like, it's I asked for bread. It's a different thing. <laughs> So, it's so it's, it's a sausage they biscuit, both have technically dough in not it. a sandwich. No, it's How a sausage a sandwich, biscuit. Though? It's bread and meat. Because it's not bread. It's you need the bread. It's the same way a hot bread, dog is bread is what sandwich. makes it No. It's a, a hot, hot dog, dog is on the, a the, bun. The jelly argument is like the, it's, we're like the polar bear, like three quarters of the way through global warming. Like we <laughs> we are on a, like our biscuits and sausages sandwiches is an island that <laughs> We were not meant to live on. <laughs> right. You're the polar bear floating away on the ice cap that broke away from Antarctica. That's what y'all are on our right now. Our food source is de- like this is a it's a real run of L's because that's like Shay, Zach, Fox. And what, do you have marrow on your side? Marrow's too, on my side uh, too. Like shit ain't looking sweet for y'all. Anyway, we're bruised. Yeah. <laughs> the, the next question. This is this is another one as well. Rope. Last the question. Jelly fam on the ropes. <laughs> Last question. Rat versus squirrel. Which would you want on your team? A rat. Oh my god. A rat. You need Murdering a rat. Murdering y'all. <laughs> yeah. Fucking we need splinter. Squirrels aren't tough. Aren't. Squirrels just aren't tough. Nobody's like, look at that mean looking squirrel. No. There's no squirrel in New York that everybody's going crazy for. It's fucking pizza rat <laughs> or knife rat or whatever it is. Like if we're talking about a fight. Not like do, who I would much rather hang out with a squirrel. I'd much rather be friends with a squirrel. But if I'm going to a, get in a fight and I got a phone that only allows me to make one phone call, who am I going to call? Rat. I got to I got to yeah, call I, I a would, rat. I, I, I got to call, call a rat, rat too if I needed a motherfucker to help fight me out some shit. But we're talking about athletes. Yeah, like. John miss John miss asked the question. And by the way, I thought I was on Team Rat, John. No, you are. First <laughs> off, Mike, we got to get something straight too. I actually saw the squirrel die. Adrian listened to the podcast and said, I know that happened because I was there. So I saw the squirrel run across the street, get confused, have a heart attack. And We've all seen out. that happen because, <laughs> because they, yeah, they literally, if a squirrel sees a car running to it, its heart explodes and it dies. That's why I was on team rat. But the question was not, who do you want to hang out with? The question was, which one's more athletic? Oh, the words athletic never came out of John's mouth. You said, who would you want on your team? You didn't say anything about athletes. So we're we're talking about who's who's going to have Tyler's furious. I automatically automatically went to fight. I automatically went to fight. I mean, like football team, (laughs) basketball team, you know, like quarterback, receiver, running back, all these things. You know what I mean? Do I get a specific rat or a specific squirrel or is this just in general? It's up to you. It's up to you. We've allowed that to be open to interpretation. All right. Well then, you know what? I'm still gonna go rat. Give me. I need Speedy Gonzalez. I need the wheels. Put put Speedy Gonzalez at wide out, yeah, and man. I'm fucking just throw the ball as far as I can throw it. Rats and let him go faster get. than squirrels. All all speed is what you're looking for here, though. Can you imagine? But Speedy Gonzalez <laughs> is. You just gotta have a specific rat. You have a specific rat. In ge- in general, I would give it to you. Squirrels are faster, but a specific rat. 
I need Speedy Gonzalez and I need Slowpoke Rodriguez. And that's all we need. Slowpoke's got the gun. Speedy's fast. We got all the bases covered now. We're good. I don't feel like there's a counter argument to Speedy Gonzalez, Tyler. I think that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine a rat running through a hole as a running back? It gets tapped. Right? It, I mean, well, like a, a rat was exploded. A squirrel gets tapped and the ball is in the fucking A, a squirrel is, is a wide receiver. Rats are power backs. So a squirrel wouldn't even be taking Here. a, a handoff. What about a quarterback, running back? You want to squirrel as a quarterback Squirrels, with a fucking feeble ass mind? <laughs> Here's the here here's the here's the difference, and I'm gonna I'm gonna reference a when I was back in, before I was writing when I was teaching, I also coached the football team, basketball team, soccer team, track team, because like that's what they do with the guy teachers when they're at the school. They're like, oh, you here you go coach everything. One year we had uh, we had a really good team one year, and we had two running backs, and both of them were were smaller. These are eighth graders, right? So both of these are like smaller kids for eighth grade. They're like five foot two, five foot one, something like that. And they were two completely different kids. Were we to like assign animals to them, I would feel very comfortable saying one had some like rat-like qualities, rat -like just sort of, you knew he grew up tough. <laughs> never, yeah. never had a haircut. Yeah. Like he'd been in fights his whole yeah. life. He, he, there was like not enough food at the house and he had to get what he could get. Mm -hmm. There's that kid. And then the other kid, uh, is a squirrel always with a nice edge up, um, like new shoes. Mm -hmm. You know, this was like not, not a rich kid. We were a poor, <laughs> sort of we were a poor school, but he was like the rich kid in the poor school. And we were playing a football game one day, and these two running backs, we would like cycle them in and out. And we put the, the squirrel in, and he, if he like got any bit of space, he would put his little foot down in the grass and be gone. Like you couldn't do nothing with him. Uh, we were playing a game one day against a bigger team, and he we, we call like 32 dive or whatever it was. Like, get get through there, make, make some space for him. And he goes through there, and the linebacker meets him in there, and there's nowhere for him to, like, dip around, and he just gets fucking crushed. Boom, crushed. And he comes out the game, and he's, like, crying a little bit, doing the, the breathing thing. And after, like, a quarter or so, like, after halftime, we're like, hey, you want to go back in? And he was like, nope. <laughs> Not, I don't want to go back in anymore. I'm done. I'm done with football. Wow. This is the end of my football career. <laughs> Meanwhile, the, a very similar thing happened like three games later to the other kid. And when he got hit, his initial reaction was to like run another play for me because now I want to hit him. <laughs> and I'm like, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm always going to lean. I'm going to lean to the rat. I'm going to go that way. I'm going to go that way. These are my points. I really appreciate you, Shay. You've been a joy. <laughs> Not just because the rat is peanut butter and jelly, but just because you're you. I appreciate you, man. Thanks for jumping on with us, my G. I really genuinely appreciate this. Yeah, this was a this was a lot of fun. I'm rooting for y'all guys a bunch. Definitely. I'm rooting for you too. I cop everything you drop. I cop ace tabs. I'm like, all right. I appreciate it. I don't even I don't even read the title. I'm like, we bought the short stories. We bought the books. <laughs> right. Right. We all get the emails, Shay. Right. Yes. right. All the yes. fun emails. Beautiful. You know what I mean? You're like the only one I haven't unsubscribed to. So appreciate you, man. <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate that. All right. All right. Take care, man. Peace. Our thanks again to Shay for coming on. Uh, what a, just that's great, awesome. Man, and we didn't man. we didn't get love to talk him. about it on the show, but he's he's rooting for John to become a better golfer. You know, like <laughs> and he doesn't give a fuck. And about he doesn't golf. have to do that. And he hates. And he's and he said, "Who the fuck plays golf?" But I'm like, you know, hey, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm happy for you and, <laughs> and what you got going on over there. <laughs> I love it. Very um, kind of. Okay, uh, before we get out of here, uh, we do have some unfortunate uh, programming news, but uh, White Boy Summer has officially been canceled. Um, 
you know, it, it was it wasn't long for this world. <laughs> Chet blew it. The First merch off, rollout killed it. When he when he said white boy summer, I was like, mm, because already it's like feels a little racist. Yeah. I don't know why, but it does. Then he comes in and says, you know, no flannels. I'm cool with that because more flannels for me. No boat shoes, you know, y'all can, yeah. You know, no salmon, no he, salmon yes, color. So he said some things that were cool that made it seem fun. All right, then he comes with the merch. And he blew it. Bro. He fucking blew it with that old English <laughs> ass. <laughs> Racist ass. <laughs> like, bro, like what? Bro, bro went and asked for the master race font. Of course. Hey, I can't, look, man. Listen, 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 this, this just shows such lack of awareness on this dude's part, because for one white boy summer, you're fighting an uphill battle with that slogan already, <laughs> already right? Right. And then you walk in a fine exactly, And you got to let motherfuckers, because there's some negative connotations that come with that shit. Right. right? So, you know, you got to let people know that that's not what you're on. It's going to be fucking lighthearted and fun. Like, like you should have broke out the goddamn see do font or some shit right, right. right on the fucking, on the fucking right, white right. claw font and put that bitch on on like one of them you, you clouds yeah, yeah. bubble yeah, font yeah you know and put I mean? that bitch on one of those you remember those 90s t-shirts like them thermal ones that that would change with heat like put it on one of those <laughs> <Yes>. shirts <laughs> make tie-dye shirts only right and, right and this motherfucker picked the most sinister item of clothing a black hoodie <laughs> That fucking old English font on a black hoodie. That's, we He was saying white boy summer, like Vanilla King, and the hoodie said white boy summer. <laughs> you know what I mean? The hoodie fucking yelled at me, nigga. I was like, I, I, was, I was that shit all like, brother. <laughs> I picked him up on the tweet and said, this screams racism. You know what I mean? That shit scared. It told that that motherfucker hoodie called me a moon freak. I almost squared off with that motherfucker. I was like, I looked at that hoodie like, come, what the fuck I do to you, nigga? Shit, man, I can't believe he did that, bro. He blew it for you, Mike. You was leaning in, Damn. and he pulled the rug right from under you, dog. Well, there's always next year, guys. <laughs> That's the only white boy some of y'all have. It. The world is always next to that, that one. Bro. Woo wee. Oh, uh, man. Chet blew it. Fucking up, Chet. RIP. RIP to white boy summer. <laughs> Got, gone before it was here. And it came, it went so abruptly, too. That shit was like, Skirt! niggas didn't hit the brake. They pulled the parking brake on that bitch. They blew the transmission in white boy summer. You feel me? They said, fuck this shit, nigga. Damn, anyway. All right, always good to see you guys. Thanks to Shay for hanging out. We'll see everyone on Monday. Subscribe to The Volume's newest podcast, Action Network's The Favorites podcast to learn the latest in the gambling world and how to make money. Hope you guys enjoy yourselves. We'll see you next week.